So we wanted to begin today with some breaking news uh, that broke like half a week ago that um, run here on Pitchfork.com. Nicki Minaj cancels Saudi Arabia performance following backlash. No. Um, she has canceled a July 18th performance in Saudi Arabia following significant backlash, the AP and TMZ report. After careful reflection, I have decided to no longer move forward with my scheduled concert at Jeddah World Fest, she said in a statement. While I want nothing more than to bring my show to my fans in Saudi Arabia, after better educating myself on the issues, I believe it's important for me to make clear my support for the rights of women, LGBTQ community, and freedom of expression. She was scheduled to perform at Jeddah World Fest at Saudi Arabia's King Abdullah Sports Stadium. Oh, that's a relief. I thought Nicki Minaj got executed in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, she might have saved herself from that fate, I guess. it could The whole fest could have been a ploy to get her out there. I must have read the headline wrong. I'm pretty sure that um, Steve Aoki is still headlining it, so I'm very concerned for him and his friends and family. You know, I gotta say fuck the haters on this one. Uh, They're trying to keep Nikki down. She's a queen. I think they should let her do what she wants to do. And if that involves heading out to whatever the hell this is and doing her thing, they should let her, you know, do it. In Saudi Arabia, they behead you after you finish the concert. It's like how praying mantises have sex. That's like way cooler than pyrotechnics or something. Like it should happen during a song, right? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool that like Great White uh, killed yeah. all those people. <laughs> yeah, they set the but, precedent for that. But it could have been way cooler. <laughs> like if it was a different band. I was going to ask if the Saudis, like how do they prefer to execute people? But I think we know exactly from the Khashoggi case. Yeah, they uh, they just tear into them. Like a pack of feral hounds. They're going to reach out to Cardi B? The other thing that's really cool about this show is that it's on the 18th of this month. Like, it's like less than a week away. And the show was just announced like a week ago, too. Like, it's so badass. Like, obviously, in capitalism, just letting, like, corporations stomp all over democracy is, like, kind of efficient. But monarchy is so much more efficient, you know? You can throw a festival together in two weeks. Well, who's going to that festival? Um, apparently Nicki Minaj's fans, because she said in the statement that uh, she wanted to bring it to her fans there. Could she name a single fan of hers in Saudi Arabia? Probably not. I'm trying to name some myself, but, you know, I can't. Probably MBS, um, King Abdullah, probably going to be there. She should get one of those falcons. That'd be the cool new rapper thing to have. You know, you have a couple falcons. <laughs> what kind of falcons? Well, what, what's his face? Uh, the king or whoever has like a whole like plane he uses to fly his falcons around. Does he, he really? Yeah, he collects falcons. Or someone in the royal family. Oh yeah, does. rocks. They love falconry. Damn, that's so cool, man. If that was going you on can during use it to the catch, show, like desert rats. That'd be so cool to have Nicki Minaj like doing a song and like when the hook, like when the hook hits for the first time, they just release a bunch of mice on the stage. And all the falcons just rain down and scoop them all up. They each have tiny little chains around their necks, iced yeah. up. <laughs> with their own faces on them. They make custom chains for each mouse with their own face. Oh, remember when a bird shit in the uh, the King of Leon guy's mouth? Oh, yeah, that was <laughs> On great. stage? I think that was in, I want to say that was in St. Louis, because I lived in Missouri for a while, and it was super fucking funny to me. It would be cool to train falcons to do that. To just follow Kings of Leon around like the Grateful Dead and just shit in their mouth. <laughs> Well, they're playing. Do you think Kings of Leon would do a Saudi show? Like, who would do a Saudi Arabia show? Of, they would absolutely of do Steve one. Aoki. Very few people wouldn't. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, as evidenced by this, it's like there has to be enough backlash to even make anyone consider it. Maybe the Black Keys? Most people say yes up front. The Black Eyed Peas, uh, I think they're too woke. If you listen to Where Is The Love, it's, it's pretty deep. One of the most socially conscious bands. Asking the real <laughs> questions, like, where's the love? Where did it go? People killing and dying and crying. In Saudi Arabia, are there any, like, intervals that are banned? Like, if you do, like, a flat fifth, are they going to shut the volume off? Regular fifth is banned. <laughs> That'd be really interesting. Damn, that's harsh. It's, it's not discordant <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I guess, um, speaking of regular fifths, maybe we should get into this song that we did for today. Or I guess I should say I did for today. Hell yeah. Um... I don't know if there's anything I should say in particular to introduce it. I mean, I mean that would be nice. Uh, I don't even know what a fifth is. D- does the song have fifths? All right, Nick. How can I explain to you? You got a this root is a power note. chord. Yeah, yeah. Then you got a fifth, and then you got the root note again as an octave, and you got a nice little power chord there. I don't Basically, know what any fifth, of that means. The fifth is like always going to be in a major or minor or power chord. It's the you closest like note a, to the root note. Yeah. Yeah, harmonically. Yeah, like harmo- it's like the most, the most harmonically. There's the least uh, amount of dissonance. Pleasant. Yeah. So it sounds yeah. good, is what you're saying there. It's the best sounding of the notes. It's one of the classic intervals. It's true. Top five, all, top five all-time intervals. Oh, at least. Could be top four. But um, yeah. I mean, this song's pretty simple. Actually, this like you know, so this song was in like double drop D. Thought that's what she did. So I played the entire thing with, uh, the entire r- rhythm part anyway, with just my pointer finger, because <laughs> I'm just doing like power chords with like open high strings, and then I'm doing like bar chords where I'm not actually barring it, and it's just like kind of open. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a classic. So this, if you, not to me, but I'll take your word for it. I've never seen a guitar before. I don't know. I don't know what that is. So well, I did it all in MIDI. What's MIDI? I know that. From Final Fantasy songs. Wow, Nick knows MIDI? Now Alex is a fucking idiot over here. I uh, I forgot all this stuff. So uh, It's the kind of stuff you learn in school and class and then it's just not relevant in your adult life, you know? Yeah, it's kind of well, bullshit. They didn't teach us that in orchestra. They didn't teach you what a fifth... Wait, you were in orchestra and you didn't learn what a fifth is? I played cello for eight years. I don't know what any of this is. They didn't teach you about a fifth? How many... Eight years? My teacher wasn't very good. Like, most of the time the violin's were really, really bad, so she spent all her time teaching them, and I just kind of <laughs> sat there and would play on my Game Boy. Did you learn to play Game Boy or cello better? Game Boy, that's why I still do it. Same. It's kind of a cool prank to trick people into playing those comically oversized violins earnestly. Yeah, I think you got punked. Was your uh, orchestra teacher Ashton Kutcher? Oh, I think she just didn't really care. I, got, I think I got punked more than everyone. I played string bass, so that's... That's kind of the worst of all. And not a lot to do, especially uh, at the school level. Like, there's no hope of keeping those young orchestras together with any kind of bass line. Yeah. I feel like, Kurt and Nick, you should have just started a a band together of only bass instruments. We would have just been playing sheet music from the Star Wars prequels, because that's basically all I played back then. Thought it was really cool. (laughs) The prequels only? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I remember uh, I was playing one song uh, called Qui-Gon's Funeral, and it made my brother cry because his kindergarten teacher had died recently. 
and it was too sad for him to hear, so I had to stop playing Qui-Gon's Funeral on my cello. Did they play Qui-Gon's Funeral at uh, the kindergarten teacher's <laughs> funeral? No, no, I mean, it's just a very sad song. You know, he's dead. He Did he get cut in half, or was that just Darth Maul? I don't really remember anymore. But he's getting burned, you know, it's very sad. He probably imagined his teacher also dead and being burned. Well, Liam Neeson's canceled now, so... Anyone oh, yeah, who's that. sad about Qui-Gon dying uh, gets the side-eye from me retroactively, even if you were a kid at the time. Like, I, I don't know if I can trust you. All right, it might not be Qui-Gon's funeral, but let's finally actually play the song here. Yeah, let's hear it here. questions or comments i thought those fifths were great <laughs> i guess like speaking of fifths and something i could maybe just insert in here also as an example uh throughout the whole thing i just have like two feedback tracks going 
where I just play like the root and the fifth and just let it feed back the entire song and then just put those really quietly panned one on each side. Um, I noticed this. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's probably only perceptible to musicians. So maybe it'll be cool if I just play the song without guitars on here and then add the least perceptible ones first and then add back going up to the most perceptible ones. was your inspiration here for writing this particular walk us through the process so my big inspiration was uh finishing a song but my other inspiration i just fell back um like lyrically and shit on exactly what i'm doing for the songs for my band right now which is just kind of like a vaguely environmentally themed semi-abstract semi-climate changey stuff did you uh start with the lyrics on this one yeah, how does that usually work? I don't actually know. Do you start with words first, or do you fill it in afterwards? Um, we talked about this with Derek uh, once. Where yeah, like, I actually I think it's super. <laughs> listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like super <laughs> rare to start with lyrics in general. But this this whole thing I did like the demo track of it in like one morning in like three or four hours probably like. I had I think the first thing I came with actually was like the one note riff that's just like the. Like, you know, the thing that starts the song. Um, I started with that and then just fleshed out the other guitars. And then I added the lyrics super quickly, like once all the guitars were sort of laid out, you know. So, um, yeah, you were talking before about how uh, you kind of used a technique where you're you're sort of just droning the top strings. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you're kind of just sliding a chord around. That's probably like a C or something, right? Yeah, I do that shit all the time. Well, I was sliding around just like the bar, um, like I guess what would usually be like your um, ring finger. Yeah, yeah. I was just sliding that part of the bar around between basically what would be like a C and a D. Um, uh-huh. But since I'm in double drop D, I have that like high D that I guess for the C, it's kind of like adding like a, a ninth or suspended second or whatever the fuck you call it. Yep. Either one. No, that's cool. I, I know that technique pretty intimately by like pretty much every band I've played in that was like a, sh- a shoegaze band was did that same thing. I was just going to say, yeah, <laughs> it's super shoegazy to just get all those like either like ninths or like suspended fourths and shit like that. Yeah. I feel like in general in music, I'm trying to do a lot of like shoegazy techniques, but without playing shoegaze. Yeah. Actually, well, what was, what were your sort of like stylistic reference points for, for that track i was just trying to do something that is like feels poppy but is very drony too you know like i'm pretty yeah. sure there's a d playing for the entire song the whole like the root yeah, note totally. is in everything always but it's still like melod- oh hopefully it's like poppy and melodic enough i guess i thought so i could see myself driving uh down the pacific coast highway with the top down you know jamming out to it why are you gonna be on the pacific coast nick I mean, it's very scenic. I, I feel like a lot of music would 
feel pretty good out there. You know, the ocean breeze Is it because you've been listening to um, so much Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication lately? I mean, great album, first off. Incorrect. Uh, fantastic lyrics. Incorrect. On both counts. Very it's pleasant. fucking garbage, They're, dude. The Peppers are just out there, you know, having a good time, do, doing drugs. Maybe they don't do that anymore. Um, no, they're lame now. I was just saying... That first guitarist couldn't handle his again. shit. Give it another 10 years and everyone will be like, oh man, I can't believe how good this is. There's no They've way. They've had their 10 years several times over. These things are cyclical. Is is John Frusciante the first guitarist? No, it was... Uh, oh, there are so many. There was Hillel Slovak. Hillel Slovak, yeah. Okay. Then was Frusciante after that? or was Yeah, then they else? got him. They had a series of guitarists then who he all left. did heroin. Yeah, he left... Then, then what's his face? Um, Dave the guy Navarro. From, uh, Dave Navarro. Yeah, yeah, something. exactly. He came on for Mother's Milk, I think, which I, I kind of pass on that one. That one was a stinker, even compared to the other stinkers. Or wait, was Frusciani on Mother's Milk, and was it One Hot Minute that was One Hot Dave Minute Navarro? was Dave Navarro. That okay. sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's the one that's like the biggest stinker of them all. That's yeah, the one people say is bad, shit. It's even but worse. they don't realize that they're all bad. Yeah, exactly. They just didn't have a big <laughs> single on it. And they were also racist no, against big... Dave Navarro because he's a Latino man. He's a pr- proud Isn't Latino the, um, man, and they don't the like it. The single on that one was the Music Is My Aeroplane. Oh, yeah. Music takes you places, man. What a dumb song. I can vibe God, with dude. that. I don't even think when it's I top was... 50 dumb songs. Forget what that sounds like. I know it's real dumb, though. There's like a slap bass part. When <laughs> I was like 12 years old, every kid that had... A, a bass had to learn that song. That's kind of what I remember of that song and album. The Chili Peppers are one of those bands because the bassist is one of the so only bad. decent musicians in the band. Yeah. No one could actually play the line either. It was just like a <laughs> shitty approximation. It's like a 12-year-old 12, 12 boy slap bass <laughs> version of that song is truly something to behold. God, I would be, I would be interested to watch 12-year-olds do uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers covers for sure. They could bring a lot of energy to the stage, I bet. You know, all the sugar they eat. Is that why you like um, Anthony Kiedis? Because of all the... Even though he sucks and he's, like, doing all these fucking, like, preschool rhymes, uh, he brings the energy to it and you could tell he's having fun? I mean, he had a pretty fucked up childhood in a lot of ways. Like, I read his biography when I was in high school or something like that, and uh, he lost his virginity at age 12 to his dad's girlfriend as a birthday present. (laughs) Is that what All Around the World was about? Rumpling and a stomping because I'm in my prime. I, I feel like there's a bit of a... He was talking about age 12. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was his prime. You know what Aeroplane was about? It's been in the news recently. Um, The flight where the black box went missing? Was it drugs? No, it was the Epstein plane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how he lost his <laughs> yeah, virginity. He was already on that at age 12? Damn. <laughs> I, have a, I have an Anthony Kiedis story, actually. Go it's for not, it. It's short. I, I played a festival like in 2008 that I, I guess they were like the curators of the festival. I don't know how we got chosen to be in this. Uh, all Tomorrow's um, Parties are HCP. <laughs> no, it was like some terrible festival in Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't even remember. It was like sponsored, sponsored by like American Eagle or some shit. <laughs> and um, we were like one of like the the like not main acts or anything that that were just like part of this like shitty element of the festival. It was like kind of earlier on and then like spoon played and like red hot chili peppers and shit. And, uh, there was a part during the day I remember or, or night and 
I was just kind of like hanging out with my band, like sort of on this side street that was like roped off and there was all these like kind of metal barriers everywhere. And I remember we were just like talking to each other and looking around and we see Anthony Kiedis kind of like come running down the street and nobody was there except for us. And like, um, I just remember looking over and he kind of like saw us and like gave us a little, Hey, what's up? And then tried to do, uh, like a a vault over (laughs) the metal barrier and like, you know, just where you kick your legs out and kind of over the barrier. And he totally got hung up (laughs) on the barrier (laughs) and just like fell right in front of us, got up really quickly, like super nervous and super embarrassed and just like kind of ran off without like looking back. (laughs) And it was fucking hilarious. That was definitely the highlight of that. Damn. I guess he likes pleasure. A memory I'll never forget. He likes pleasure spiked with pain, and music is his aeroplane. <laughs> what? A, what a cool guy! And it was. It was so. It was so. Yeah, it was extremely cool. It was like so great and so like such like a pure moment, like just for my band yeah. that had like we had just played this like horrible festival, like basically nothing in it for us, and we that was basically the only reward. He was trying we to impress you by doing parkour. It's a pretty good reward. No, I don't. E- I don't even think he was. He was just like, he was just like, you know, not even showing off. He just kind of like gave us the, hey, what's up? And then like did like a vault over this thing. So he's 56 now. He was hot dogging. Yeah, this was 2008. So 11 years ago, he would have been, he would have been 40, 45, 46. And he was, that's a good thing to do when you're that age. He's really, I bet Vince Carter could do it. He's like, he was surprisingly <laughs> shorter than I thought. That's actually kind of in character. Like, I might be confusing it with another member of the band, but I swear to God, I read once that, like, while he was on stage, if I if it was actually uh, Kiedis, he, like, got tangled up in his mic cord or something and fell off and smashed his face into the front of the stage while dangling from the cord <laughs> or something like that. Holy shit. I can't remember Maybe. what time period it took place in, but that was an anecdote from he, there that like He got it wrapped around himself trying to tie his arms off with it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he had both of his arms tied off. And he got it around his neck by accident <laughs> and they had to untangle him on stage. It's a whole mess. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a similar anecdote that I uh, that just reminded me of actually of uh, Scott Wyland, RIP. Um my my friend Jason who uh, opened up for his band on uh, on a tour. Um, witnessed him, and I think this is like this is maybe on YouTube, but he was like kind of standing right in front of the stage when this happened. Um, he like he like wasn't watching where, what he was doing while he was on the stage, and you know did the classic thing where he kind of walks off. Like you know, I, I think like Bono and a bunch of other musicians have done this before, um, or The Edge maybe. Uh, they're just like, you miscalculate the, the stage end point and then just fall <laughs> off. And then he fell into like the, ca- the cable loom that was like, you know, where all the patch bay stuff is like on the side of the stage or something. And like was instantly tangled up in the cords. And Jason was like, it basically worked. right the trap there, like at the point where he fell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he didn't do any drugs that tour. Uh, no, like he fell uh straight into like the cable loom basically and was just instantly tangled up um that's incredible a funny sight remember scott wyland's christmas album i no, don't i didn't know that. about that. oh actually i do actually i i remember he did one song. like what was 
He did like a Bing Crosby routine. Like a Sinatra type thing. It was really weird. He did like these old yeah. fashioned 50s style videos. I don't know who the target audience was. Yeah, I remember I remember there's like a video of him like in some kind of like maroon robe or something looking like Hugh Hefner or something like that. That's like yeah, the, the like image he, I He must have gotten the, really into Mad in Men. In the music video. <laughs> in the, his, his final days. Should have If he's going to pander with a Christmas album, he could at least just put like grungy guitars all over it. I had a dream about Scott Weiland the night before he died. Like a prophetic kind Whoa. of thing? And the, the same thing happened with Chris Cornell. It's Are you pr- saying it's your spooky. fault? Yeah. I did it as a troll. You should have a dream about um, Chad Smith and Anthony Kiedis. I, I've been hoping for that. I've been hoping to have a, a dream about Anthony Kiedis that doesn't seem to be related to anything. And then to wake up and uh, check the news. You wake up in a cold sweat and the news is on for some reason and it says that he's died. Anthony Kiedis is in uh, possession of Iran. They took him hostage. Do you think Red Hot Chili Peppers um, You think Red Hot Chili Peppers would play that Saudi Arabia show, fill in for Nicki Minaj? No doubt. Easily. You know, they like to bring love to the world, to all their fans. They, they wouldn't let this kind of call-out culture stop them from uh, delivering the jams. They couldn't do the sock thing, though. Oh, that yeah, wouldn't go that's over well. Point. They have to go out on stage in full-body socks. Do they still do the sock thing? Probably not, because I think they got in big trouble for it after a while. Like, with who? I mean, like, it, it's kind of indecent exposure, and that clubs probably don't like that very much. And you know, it probably gets old after a while. Yeah, I love that becoming like a grind that you just do every day. You're like, oh, time to fucking put the sock on the dick and just go out there and phone in this set we've played a hundred times. They stopped doing it because Anthony Kiedis jumped around too much and the sock fell off. And it revealed that he had a condom on his balls instead of his penis. And everyone laughed at him. <laughs> that was at Lollapalooza 1992. The one Homer Simpson was at. Nick, I can't believe you bought that Californication CD this week. It was $2. That's a lot to pay for Californication in 2019. I mean, not for me, you know. It completed yeah, the you set. Enjoy, you enjoy uh, every song on it, so. Not all of them. The front half is better than the back half, but. I was trying to be diplomatic and say that, like, porcelain is listenable because there's not much annoying shit happening on it. But that's, like, the most generous I could be with that album. I stand by it. It's fun. Uh, it's not fun though it's it's very fun it's fun like ska is fun yeah it's not fun to listen to no the listening is okay it's listening to the lyrics that is where I can kind of tune it out you know that at least it's not about bitches and playing <laughs> yeah Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of the only good rappers along with Eminem yeah at least he's He's rapping about shit that I can relate to, like romping and stomping in my prime. They're backpack rappers. Like if you're... And Alabama babies who say hallelujah. He's one of the only rappers that talks about California. Yeah, he. I would say that he put the state on the map, actually. I was thinking, like, speaking of Californication, I was thinking about how, like, 1999 is a hilarious time to be really optimistic about the future, right? Where it's like, oh, man, Californication just dropped. I can't wait to see what these guys do in the next, like, 20 years. These, the Clinton years have been so fruitful and so prosperous. I can't imagine that uh, getting rid of Glass-Steagall and uh, financializing the economy could have any negative repercussions. Yeah, there, I mean, grunge was on the way out. There definitely won't be, be any repercussions new. for us uh, having the hubris to put up these two big-ass towers 
just taunting all the world's amateur yeah, pilots. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure President Gore will keep them safe. They won't get knocked over. Man, that was a good. That was when you could get 500 free hours of AOL with the Creed album. It's just a simpler time. Everything. Plenty of reasons to be optimistic about the 21st century. You could run a GeoCities. Was there about Crazy Town? All the best Crazy Town gifts. You didn't have to worry about getting censored by uh, biased liberal moderators. Uh, Weird Al's pretty fly for a rabbi. Uh, created a mess youth frenzy about converting to Judaism. Kind of messed up that Modest Yahoo ripped that off. That bit. Yeah, he's like second, in the same way that like a Puddle of Mud is like a third generation ripoff of Nirvana. It was like Modest Yahoo was just trying to do what Weird Al did. Way too weird late. Al rocks. He's not that weird. Normal MC Paul Al. Barman. I think he's kind of acting like he's weird. Are you saying it's a bit? Most of his songs are just ripoffs of other songs, if you listen closely. Like, sometimes you don't notice because the lyrics are funny, but a lot of those songs are just total ripoffs of another song. Anyone have any comments on the song for this episode or on Anthony Kiedis? <laughs> I didn't realize Anthony Kiedis was 56. It's not good. Kind of entering Mick Jagger territory now. This seems about right. I mean, their first albums were the 80s. His skin is a lot more taut than Mick Jagger's. I don't know if he's doing that artificially or it has to do with being in California in the chill vibes. He's hanging out with those tech tech guys who are giving him like this young blood to inject, you know? How are the rest of them looking? Um, Is their drummer still wearing that hat to hide his baldness? Is he going bald? The Will Ferrell drummer? Oh, very, very, yeah, yeah. LeBron style. But he doesn't put on, like, fake hair or whatever like LeBron has. He should put a sock on his head. Like a really stretched out sock. <laughs> uh, every era, you know, like, the Beatles, you could tell which era it was by, like, how they dress and their hairstyles and stuff. Every era of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they just put the sock on a different part of their body. What other body parts could you put it on? Foot? I mean, the feet, for one, if you want to be taken seriously. I guess you could. you could do the feet. You could do the hands. Sock puppets, yeah. If they want to do like a, a children's album, maybe you put them on the hands. They go full Jack Johnson and do a Curious George album. Is Jack Johnson still alive? I don't know. Are you, I feel have like you, you been sh- dreaming about him lately? Unfortunately. Uh, no, unfortunately not. Jack Johnson. He's still alive. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like 56 either. 44. Man, that's so lame to do songs about Curious George. That shit's for babies. So, uh, should we should we go back to talking about this this song? Jack Johnson or, did a concept album not. about Donald Trump. If you if you have something uh, you're thinking, Kurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I could. I, yeah, I just don't know how specific you want to get with like. Uh, you no, know, specify. Like you how how in the weeds you want to get with the track? Go as deep in the weeds as you want to go. Okay. Um, well, how did how did you how did you record the track? What are you um, What are you using over there? I did a lot of the instrumental stuff in the studio the same time I did the first song for this show, um, but I just did the vocals in my bedroom yesterday because I needed to finish it. So it's kind of bedroom. <laughs> and pop. Um, yeah, this I would describe this song as bedroom pop. Um, that's gonna make Pitchfork really interested in yeah. it. They love bedroom pop. You can join the ranks of Snail Mail and Hatchy and Let's Eat Grandma. I need a cuter name. But, um, yeah, 
so my bedroom like basically faces a major street so there's just fucking like police sirens and dogs barking and shit all the time so i gotta record with like a sm7 just to because it's so directional you know that turned out fine anthony cutis mike is it actually yeah man <laughs> how do you know michael Why jackson do you know too <laughs> it's just like all those like very charismatic singers use that mic because you know you can kind of just like jump around the studio with it and fucking sling it around on this on its uh you know cradle or whatever it yeah. uses really a sock as a pop filter naturally yeah that's, <laughs> it's actually it's that's actually the same the sock which is very unhygienic but i don't <laughs> yeah. know he's a former heroin addict so he doesn't really give it give a shit at this point he's got all the hips anthony Kiedis, if you ever want to come on this show there's an open door invitation chad smith too but not for uh for shanti or ba- or flea so uh, w- uh w- with the song were those drums was that uh live tracked or is that all just midi yeah that was live tracked at the studio i mean they're super simple but um i'm still generally a fan of live tracking drums like whenever possible i mean when it's like it's a good, so simple it's a good it's move almost, when possible um that's kind of been my plan for this project is when i have studio time just like do as much drums as possible because everything else is like easier to do anywhere else you know yeah they sounded great. Sweet. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I feel it. like it sounds, it sounds fine for how quickly it's put together. So, well, what were the what were like the the musical you know influences? I guess you had in mind while you were making that track. I guess the closest thing to a specific artist is like. Well, like I was saying, like the just kind of do really droney stuff, but I guess the influence for that is like Neil Young of like I feel like he can come up with a good like riff that uses like two notes, you know? Yeah. Um so it's just that kind of um world, I guess, but I'm pretty sure Neil Young uses double drop D on some stuff, right? Like I think uh Cinnamon Girl, maybe other stuff on that album, I don't know. I don't know. Um it reminded me, I guess when I heard, when I heard it, the first thing that came to mind was like Teenage Fan Club for some reason. I don't cool. know you know what's funny is people one of my favorite bands that yeah other people have yeah. told me that other projects of mine sound like them, and I guess it does make sense. Kind of weren't they on Creation yeah. Records? Yeah, for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a uh, yeah. I guess it's just I kind of the the guitar tone, like sort of the jangliness of it, sort of just reminded me of that, which I thought was cool, and. uh I guess the vocals somehow reminded me. It probably was not intentional, but uh, I guess just like the the tone of your voice and kind of ha- the richness of it sort of reminded me of, you know, you know, uh, Wild Swans at all. No, I don't. Oh, okay, it's a cool band. When's check that? Uh, from... Paul Simpson. It was like kind of late eighties, early nineties. Cool. I'll have to check that out. And then I'll have to deliberately rip them off instead of accidentally ripping them off. Yeah. That's like never a cool thing to just be like, oh, you sound like this, but I don't know. I just thought it would be just curious. Dude, yeah, Teenage Fan Club rocks, though. Like uh, Bandwagon-esque is super good. What a great album. Yeah, it's a great album. Star Sign, what a great song. Metal Baby. They're like if Weezer was um, cooler. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, I don't think Weezer could be cooler. Did you hear their cover of Africa? It's Did you hear their epic. cover of TLC No Scrubs? Oh. That's not even a good song. Yeah, but it, once you hear Weezer do it, you'll change your mind. That song was just looking for the right artist to do it, and Rivers Cuomo was that guy. 
Do you think Rivers had um, an opinion on Scrubs before TLC made that song about Scrubs? Uh, the show? Well, the show hadn't come out yet, <laughs> <Yeah>. so. <laughs> That's what the song's about. I feel like, if anything, Rivers probably is a scrub, as described in the song. Yeah, they would, never would have fucked him. I would, I would describe him as a busta. I could imagine him hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride. He probably sat on his broke ass before the Blue Album worked out for him. Yeah, I can imagine Rivers Cuomo leaning out of the passenger window of a car like a dog, just panting. I feel like Weezer is the next most likely option for a Curious George album, honestly, at this point. I feel like Nick's going to tell me next week that he bought um, like the Red album for $2 on CD. Uh, even I have limits. Or like Ratitude or whatever. I tried listening to Make Believe again, re- and I couldn't really do it. Like some of the tunes yeah, shit, were there like, were a couple decent it made songs me think of it. Young Times, but... Remember the song We Are All On Drugs that where they talk I about I had to skip being that. on drugs? In the radio, or the Beverly radio Hills version was We Are Hills. All In Love, but I don't think it got played on the radio because it wasn't a very good song. <laughs> it sucked, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think, I don't know if that was worth it to have it redubbed. I'm actually like a big defender of Maladroit, though. I think Maladroit was like keep better than the Green Album and surprisingly underrated. And Keep easy. Fishing is a good song. Burnt Jam is good. Yeah, Totally. They they had some demos prior oh, to yeah, that, that that were good. There were like some good tracks that didn't make it onto those albums. Oh yeah, they dropped a shitload of uh, things online, right? I still have some of that shit in my iTunes. Yeah, I have a bunch of that stuff. Nick, were you saying Burnt Jam? Yeah, dude, that song's so good. Like when I was like you know twelve or thirteen, whenever that album came out, I was learning to play that on guitar. You know, maybe a couple years ago. I don't remember. I think we were fifteen when we saw them with Pixies. Oh yeah, we saw them when um, Make Believe came out. Yeah. And I, that was when I started singing El Scorcho to, or like, screaming it and uh, the lyrics to it. And they extended the opening riff a bit longer. So I was the only person screaming it. And everyone <laughs> in, like, nearby us looked around at me like I was a freak. In, in retrospect, that was probably the best time to ever see the Pixies in our life. Because, like, the last time they had played before that was, like, when we were four years old. And then that was the first tour they ever did when they reunited. And Kim Deal was actually still there and everything. It was all downhill from there once again, you know? Yeah, now they're doing the sock thing on stage, too. And it's just disgusting. <laughs> also, you may not remember this, Charles, but the band that opened for both of them was The Fray. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, of all What bands. are those guys up to now? Yeah, I wonder. Probably playing that same piano chord. Well, they had two. They had How to Save a Life, and then there was one other one, but I can't Over My Head Cable Car. Oh, that's right. I thought those were the same song. It's basically the same song. The inspiration for the song from this uh, episode was The Fray. That's the shocking plot twist at the end of this episode. Radiohead was a ripoff of The Fray. Nothing wrong with that take. (laughs) The Fray's use of the piano as the lead instrument in their music has led critics to compare the band with English piano-driven bands such as Coldplay and Keen. However, the band lists its influences as The Wallflowers, Counting Crows, Better Than Ezra, and U2. Keen used pianos? (laughs) I don't remember that at all. Are you serious? Did Keen use pianos? That was their whole thing. I don't think they had a guitarist. <laughs> that's so weird that that's on Wikipedia. It's it's so defensive. Like, oh, you think we're like Coldplay? No, we're, we don't. We're not about that lame shit. We're we sound like better than Ezra. We sound like all these one hit wonders because we're we're aspiring to be a one hit wonder too. That's why we model ourselves. How about a here. collab between Red Hot Chili Peppers and The Fray? That'd be great. Where it's just this uh, boring, plodding piano bullshit and Flea just going. 
going completely freaky deaky on the bass lines. They all pretend to fuck the piano while he's playing it. Yeah, they do like a prepared piano thing with socks. Anthony Kiedis stumbles in over a barrier, rapping about (laughs) California. He's actually never left California, even though he was born in Michigan. I feel like his will probably has some stipulation about having his ashes dumped in the Pacific Ocean or something corny like that. No, he wants his um, ashes left under the bridge. Oh, yeah. Oh, the fray was Christian, weren't they? Vaguely. They sound like they would be. You might be thinking a switch foot? I think, no, I'm, I'm reading and it, it says... Oh, really? I don't know. I think they were, I think they were Christian. The Christian crossover band has completely evaporated as a concept. Yeah, you can't cross over anymore. It's just, no one wants to be a Christian band unless they, they can just mine that niche. If you're going to try to do pop, the you can't. Is- you might as well not do it. The problem is Weird Al never made like a Christian parody to make it cool with the kids. Well, he did Amish Paradise. That made a lot of kids become Amish, like uh, Buster Rabbit from Arthur. (laughs) Was he really Amish? He became Amish in an episode. He converted? Yeah, he converted to Amish. All right, I think we're going to start getting out of here, but to everybody listening, please convert to Amish. While you're at it, convert to Latino. What's love? See you.